0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Fish Window Cleaning, the largest professional window cleaning company in the country. With over 200 locally owned and operated franchises, you are sure to be able to find an office near you where they can help you brighten your world at work or at home. For professional window cleaning at residential or commercial properties, look up Fish Window Cleaning at fishwindowcleaning.com. josh and i am a listener and we are back today's episode of the podcast was on fire and it wasn't my fault a read-along pod where we dig into the good the great and the problematic of the dresden vile
1: series by jim butcher i'm an old jaded dresden vet and this is my first time through
2: and we're holding hands through this thing, and right now we are finishing up the last few chapters
1: of Summer Night, which was spectacular, by the way. Book four, really solid entry. Mm-hmm. Four real A's. Came out in two thousand two by Jim Butcher. Man, really impressive book, and it,
0: it, I didn't, re- you know, I mentioned on here I didn't love it at the beginning, but it really picked up, and that was great. But we'll get into all that way, 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 way more important than that.
1: Mm-hmm. How are you doing today, Liz? I'm wonderful.
2: I am doing quite good. It's been a, uh, had a productive weekend at work. Got to hang out with my boyfriend all day yesterday. Oh, woo! All my plants oh, are still alive. Breaking hearts all
0: over the world. <laughs> you can't, you're like a stripper, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man our, our our listenership just plummeted
2: <laughs> Oh goodness gracious uh but yeah, I got my plants are still alive I'm uh having a very productive kind of weekend. knock on woods. Oh, very,
1: very <laughs>
0: cool. I did not have a very busy weekend, which is my favorite kind of weekend.
1: that's pretty, but good.
0: uh I got the national championship qualifier coming up this week. So I'm going to be very engaged and busy and hopefully we do good things and peak at the right time. Fingers Um, crossed. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. Capable of really doing anything in either direction, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's a great group. So we have the last, potentially the series finale of Ted Lasso tomorrow night. A few days before you guys listen to this podcast. Uh, what else happened? Bad news out of Turkey, unless you're a big Erdogan fan. So sorry to our new Turkier family. Oh, and my favorite player left Liverpool. He played his last Liverpool game. Bobby Firmino.
2: I don't know who that is, but oh, I'm sorry, Josh Roberto Firmino.
0: They call him Bobby in Liverpool. It's great. Ah, um, that's
2: it's about right. <laughs> it's very Liverpudlian of them.
0: Oh, uh, scored a goal. They drew because they were away, and they're absolutely atrocious this year. But uh, what can you do, you know? Um, Ups and downs, babe. Ups and downs. Well, you get through it. Life is good. We don't have any actual Liverpool downloads, I don't think. So I'm going to piss off our one-man cunian downloader. And uh, all the London people probably don't care. <laughs> they got <their laughs> own, they've got their own battles to fight with each other.
1: Um, <laughs> but
0: yeah. Short of that, I, oh, I went on a bike ride today. That was great, too. It was terrible. Beautiful. Terrible. I went up the... Trappy <laughs> hill my nemesis hill it took me about an hour and a half to go 600 feet um it didn't but it took me a long time and it felt worse than that people were blasting by me on their e-bikes oh bastards yeah.
2: assholes uh <laughs> but beyond that anything else before we get going here no i'm ready to let's jump on in let's rock we have
0: just solved a couple of mysteries here we figured out who the ghoul was Chasing them all around town was um, hired by. That was the Red Court. And Fix. Excuse me. Ace. Ace. One of the four changelings from the picture earlier that was supposedly a friend.
1: Turned out to be a
0: foe. We got a lot of that going around today. Um, And he ended up shooting Meryl with the rifle. She's okay-ish. She's going to keep continuing. They've found the steps. Magical Starlet steps up to
1: Chicago, above Chicago, I think is what uh
2: Chicago called it. Chicago,
1: yeah, she keeps calling it that. and he,
2: he keeps calling it that.
0: Yeah, they, you know, there's a war breaking out. We figured out, basically all the mysteries have been solved at this point. We know it was the Summer Lady, Aurora, and the Winter Knight, Lloyd oh, Slate among others conspiring with elaine among them conspiring to do all this dance where they gave louie the winter uh the summer night's mantle they froze her in a statue and they're gonna try to free her and give her power over to winter so they will have an extra night and all the things will be out of whack and we're gonna have some ice ages and some terribleness But at least people won't be fighting, right, Aurora? (laughs) Bozo. So, uh, I think that about does it to catch us up here. We got a bunch of uh, child werewolves. They're not children. They're young adult werewolves. We got two changelings. And we have our everyone's favorite wizard, Mr. Dresden. And they're hopping up some steps. Take it away,
2: ice. All right. Harry starts this by talking about jet travel. How jet travel is pretty freaking remarkable. But on any flight in the country, get, but get on any flight in the country, and I absolutely promise you that you will find someone who, in the face of all that incredible achievement, will be willing to complain about the drinks. And Harry is that guy. <laughs> did, you like, did you feel like that landed? I thought it was fantastic. Because okay. it was very much like, oh no, I'm totally that guy right now. And because, because he couldn't have made an escalator?
1: Initially, on my first read-through,
0: I didn't really think much of it because I wasn't... It was- breezing through it but like digging into it i didn't really
1: love it it felt like kind of like a bad stand-up routine but now that i'm sitting here looking at it as i'm you know going through it with you Mm -hmm. um i think
0: this is a louis ck did this 20 years or 15 years later before before he was uh b2'd and i stopped supporting (laughs) louis ck but uh a very similar bit. So This is a Seinfeld effect, where it feels like it's boring and rote because I've heard it done 15 years later, so I
1: apologize. Which is a... A, uh... Trendsetter. Trendsetter, I guess. Maybe well, good... Ho- hopefully good
0: people follow his lead as well as the other kind.
2: Well, and the thing I saw with this was it's the comparison to the greatest... the greatest scientific marvel of the last 200 years is flight. That's reasonable, right? Oh
0: yeah, and I, I love the way he describes it like a loophole through air pressure.
2: Yes, I thought that was fantastic. But and what he and they people complain about drinks. He is walking up a magical staircase into the heavens. And he is complaining about it being a staircase versus an escalator. That was the comparison I drew from it.
1: And and yeah, I no, I mean, that's, like, that's the comparison that she makes.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I'm i sitting here, and it's, like, one of those things where, like, my first kind of thought, I don't like it, and then I go back around, and I actually really do. Mm-hmm. Um, it, also, also, there was, like, a whole to-do in the mid-2010s or late aughts about Dane Cook stealing Louis C.K.'s bits. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, I mean, I, I don't want to say he stole it by any means, but, like, I feel like this is almost word for word a bit that he did. Although his was about like, be quiet, use your imagination or something. But the same thing, like after all this, you're just bored. I feel less bad about it now because I know why I thought it was wrote because I've heard it before. Um, I fit my brain, dusted itself off for a second there, but it still feels kind of
1: out of character, out of the scene. But again, we know that he's writing this retroactively. So he's
0: not telling the story as it happens, even though that's how it sounds. Um, so he, he could have these like fun little asides and it would make sense. Right. In the moment, it wouldn't really, in my mind, like you're going up to like this. I don't
2: know. Well, no, he he probably wouldn't be thinking that in the moment. You're right. I agree with you on that. Um, but i I didn't think it I'm honestly. I mean, I guess I don't listen to enough stand up. i I didn't think it was very I didn't think it was uh, cliche or wrote in any way shape or form.
1: ok. but yeah. I, I mean sometimes sometimes
0: I'm harder on it than I, maybe needs be. Certainly, that's been true so far.
1: <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed it. I loved how he talked. Basically, he's describing jet travel as magic And which I love because he talks about. When he and Elaine were studying, you know, the
0: binding spell last time, how they were studying magical formulae and, dis- and like there is su- magic is like quasi, it even uses the word frame uh, term quasi physics. I think mm-hmm. um, it is quasi science. Science, you know, the way they describe magic in this universe is much more scientific and less fantastic than you know other wizardry that i've read or experienced certainly before you know like figuring out formulas to do how spells work mm-hmm. is a new and interesting you know we've, we've seen that all the way back since back in stormfront um, yeah. and i think that's really cool but and it makes sense then that you, you know it's the uh what's the adage i have no idea sufficiently advanced science will look exact will look will be indiscernible from magic or whatever um uh. and that's kind of you're right he's describing it is basically magic it's magic we throw you in a in a box, and we huck you over the an ocean. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. Even if we kind of ex- understand sort of why it works, but we'll get
2: there with some of the magic. I guess it's just yeah, that's kind of cool. I and, and I really just i I appreciate how throughout this all of the science is, or all of the magic is grounded in some sort of logic within the universe. Yeah, it's like super cool and unique to this. Universe. Yeah, and it's it's very, and I think that sort of is kind of almost where we're going here, where the science of the real world is almost grounded in magic.
0: Yeah, no, I I really like, I like that thought. You you definitely, uh, something I didn't see for sure is that kind of connection, but I, I, he, he does bring that up sometimes, you know, the religion of science and stuff. And like Mm -hmm. that, that kind of connection does kind of, there's a through line there that does actually make sense there. Like I dig it. Yeah. I definitely like you. You've walked me into Getting it
2: more than I started. So awesome. Cause I, I mean, I really did. I really thought it was, it was, it was a little cheeky where he's just like, people are complaining about the drinks. And yeah, that was me. I was totally that one. He says, yes, I was using a legendary and enchanted means of travel to transcend the border between one dimension and the next and on my way to an epic struggle between ancient and elemental forces. But all I could think to say between panting breaths was, yeah, sure, they couldn't have possibly made this an escalator. I mean, it was just so perfect. I really liked how perfectly matched those two things were. We're hurtling through the sky in a tin can, but in a loophole in physics, and you're complaining about the drinks. And he's, you know, I do the worry. Th-
0: the smart people that listen to our pod will actually have something to say about it not being an actual loophole. I'm sure, oh, it makes
2: don't. sense to them, but
0: I know to it's me not it's all magical. Magic. I don't but even it, know how it's... microphones work,
2: <laughs> but it is very. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. So they climb up the stairs and come out in the land in which Leia had shown him. And they're standing on storm clouds over Chicago. But it didn't look like it had before the opening curtain. What had once been rolling and silent terrain, sculpted of cloud, smooth and naked as a dressing dummy, had now been filled with sound, color, and violence. The storm below that battlefield was a pale reflection of the one raging upon it. This is war. This is like one of those scenes in the movies where the, the camera or the character is walking through the battlefields, where they're walking through things exploding. And, and I recently started watching Perry Mason on HBO, and he was in The War, and there are all of these, there's frequent flashbacks to where he's walking through the battlefield. And this totally made me think of it because there are things exploding all over and here the, the sounds rang through the air, the crackling snap of lightning and the roar of thunder following trumpets high and sweet, deep and brassy drums beat to a dozen different cadences that both clashed and rumbled in time with one another. And it's this whole orchestra of sound. He describes it as taken as a whole. It was its own wild storm of music, huge teeth, teeth rattling, overwhelming and charged with adrenaline. Wagner wished he could have had it so good. (laughs) I mean, it's it, it, but that makes sense. You can hear this. You can hear this, this cacophony of sound.
1: Ooh, good word.
2: And it's just, it's war, but it's also got this melodic music playing it's fascinating well you I, I
0: think especially because it's the she mm-hmm. it's definitely going to be a lot less more graceful yes I mean, it's still i mean you know, war is hell and it's still going to be war but i think like you're saying the melody and like kind of like the flow of it i think would be much more
2: beautiful than were it just like a mundane war you know well but then he starts talking about these trolls or whatever they are where they're these they're these well, they have their bulbous noses the size of light bulbs behind helmets. Look, they—they they, they were made out of something like bone, and it's very—you've uh, got the graceful she, but you also have these clunky, clunky dudes. Like you have got your trolls, you've got your—I um, don't know.
0: I, I, well, somebody's got somebody's got to play the base. And, That's why we bring the trolls. <laughs> there
2: we go. Uh, and and I can't. I can't play anything. The are um. The troll looks at them for a, for a minute and it's kind of processing and then turns away as though it's disinterested. It's just kind of an interesting moment where it's all of this cacophony. This troll looks at them, big, huge, gigantic troll with a bulbous nose, looks at them, becomes disinterested and walks away. And then it just is a description of all the different types of she, all the involved parties. You have the sylph, you have the fairies mounted... On long legged war horses, and he says, I couldn't see the whole of the valley below. Some kind of mist or haze lay over it, and only gave me the occasional glimpse of a whirling masses of troops and beings, ranks of somewhat human things, messed together with one another, while other beings, some of which could be only called monsters, rose up above the rest, slamming together in titanic conflicts that crushed those around them as mere circumstantial casualties. And I like the use of the word Titanic here because Titanic has two meanings. It's not capital (laughs) T like Titans, but it is also, it's on a huge scale, but it's also these massive Titan type creatures clashing.
1: I really like it. And also (laughs) our summer queen. Titania. Uh, Yes, yes, exactly. Triple entendre. It's just, it's fantastic. I really, I
2: really liked that. The use of that particular word. Don't know if it was intentional. Still loved it. You
0: have to imagine uh, but he, says point, he can't- almost every single thing he does in here is intentional because it's
2: <laughs> in a very, in a, a very good season. way. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Um, so Harry can't see the stone table from where he is. He couldn't even figure out which way to go. The stone the gatekeeper had given him was leaning in one direction, but that was going to lead him right through a battle. What's next? Meryl asked.
1: And they're yelling at each other because they can't hear each other. And. So Meryl asks, what next? And she has to yell because of the, the din of the battle, which
2: makes sense. It, but it gives you that, that feel of how loud things are. And. Fix is right next to him and saying something, and he's—it's so loud he can't even hear him. I and like then that. She- I like that. Yeah. Oh that- yeah. And but it's kind of like Meryl has this big booming voice, and Fix—he always is, you know, he has this kind of meek voice. He's right next to Harry, and he can't tell what he's saying. And then this she knight's mounted she knight's leaves the others and comes riding towards us. He raises his visor, and. The sounds of the battle cut off, like someone had turned off a radio, and silence threatened to put me off balance. And this uh, night, this dep- reminded me of the uh,
0: the interaction with the gatekeeper mm-hmm. all the way back at the beginning. Yeah, very different, but just this similarity of like shutting everything else out. Like we need to have this conversation right now. You need uh, to not be distracted.
1: Yeah, just an interesting symmetry there. I, um, but it, it,
2: it, I can't remember. There's a film where this happens. It might be like The Matrix or something like that, where they're in a busy, loud place and everything goes silent. Nothing around them stops, but everything goes silent. Um, and in the archaic language, back and forth with the Sheenite, he says he needs to speak with, post, with Queen Mab post-haste. And he says, the, the MS, the, sorry, The She-Knight says, I will guide thee, follow, and bid thy companions put away their weapons, we approach her majesty. I nodded and said to those with me, put the teeth and cutlery away, folks. We need to play nice a little while longer. (laughs) I love that. So And then they continue on. And Mab sits atop a a white horse. And the werewolves and Fix are stunned. Oh, my God, Fix whispered. I glanced back. The werewolves were simply staring at Mab, much as Fix was. Merrill regarded her from behind a forced mask of neutrality, but her eyes were alight with something wild and eager. Steady, folks, I said, and stepped forward. And he tells the Fairy Queen that our thief is the Summer Lady Aurora. Mab shows a bit of surprise. Her eyes widened, but he... Figures that she she kind of got the gist of it all, and yes. So sh- mm-hmm. Real quick, I just want to talk about that. Uh, ma- the look on Meryl's face.
0: Remember out fr- um, back at the docks when she and Ace were talking. She said they they feel themselves being drawn because the the Winter Court is going to war. All the changelings, all the people of her court, she's drawing them. So Meryl right here is, has a different experience than the werewolves are kind of in awe. Meryl is trying to like, she's also obviously in awe. Cause yeah, you, know, you meet a famous, very monster queen power and gore, power and beauty. But also she has, she's being pulled by Mab right now. Right. She's like, I, we don't know what that entails, but they both said they feel the draw yeah. of the winter court. So it, she's got a, a, a very different situation here than anyone else Mm -hmm. Um, again I don't really have a point there besides just acknowledging that And like I really like Meryl throughout this whole scene because like she's she's experiencing way different things than everyone else Mm -hmm. and she you know in the end does the right thing for her friends and like is just willing to give it all up but it's just really cool like these little moments you see where like she's already like this is a
1: crazy difficult time for her
2: it's, it's, she's in awe, but she is something wild and eager. So she's kind of got, there, there are, she does have dimensions. And that's, through the last couple chapters, we've really learned a lot about Meryl's dimensions. And it's, I really like it. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah, I wish we had gotten more of her. Yeah. Whether in a, a further book or, you know, maybe
0: in a, in a, I was the one complaining about how convoluted the beginning was. And I was just, and I oh I want her to be introduced earlier, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there really probably wasn't a way to do it.
2: It's like, hey, Jim Butcher, if you're listening, (laughs) can we get a little story about the changelings? Just saying.
0: Uh, Back maybe hanging out with uh, Ronald Rule at (laughs) Disneyland.
2: That'd be a great short story. (laughs) Just saying. I'm just saying. Um, Anyway, so Mab recognizes the tools that the gatekeeper gave Harry. And she's Rashid. What is his interest in this matter? And Harry, in the most eloquent way one could possibly imagine, says, uh, certainly he isn't a, you know, it isn't like he's representing the council and they're interfering. <laughs> she, Mab, took her eyes from the battle long enough to give me a look that said quite clearly that I was an idiot. I know that. And your ointment. It's his recipe. I recognize the smell. He helped me find this place. Yes. So what does the old desert fox have in mind this time? No matter, the stone cannot lead you to the table. The direct route would place you in the path of battle enough to destroy any mortal. You must go another way. And Mab wants to help. Her power is waning. So she's trying to help Harry get to the table. The field is lit in gold and blue, green mist swirling with violence where they met. The gold and yellows are obviously summer. The blue is obviously winter. And I like that it's a green mist because it's the clash of the two colors. I think that's just basic color theory, but still, it really sounds really cool. (laughs) And she says, our, our knight has not taken the field with us. He has been seduced, I presume. Yes, I said, he's with Aurora. That's the last time I let Maeve hire the help. I indulge her too much. She lifts her hand, evidently a signal, and scores of bats the size of hang gliders swarmed up from somewhere, launching themselves into a web-winged cloud into the skies above. We yet hold the river, wizard, though we lose ground on both sides now. Thy godmother and my daughter have concentrated upon it, but reach the river and it will take thee through the battle to the stone table. And she tells him to hurry. This is like the third time in this book a fairy has told somebody to hurry. So... Obviously, this is pretty dire. If the queen of the winter fairies is telling him, get your ass up there, you know, hustle. Yeah, exactly. That's a, this is a big fucking deal. And we get more of the description of the battle. We pass through hundreds more troops, most of them units evidently recovering from the first shock of battle. Scarlet and blue-skinned ogres in fairy mail towered over me, their blood almost dull compared to their skin and armor. Another unit of brown-skinned gnomes tended to their wounded with bandages of some type of moss. A group of sylphs crouched over a mound of bloody, stinking carrion, squabbling like, like vultures, blood all over their faces, breasts, and dragonfly wings. Another troop of battered, lantern-jarred, burly humanoids with wide, bat-like ears goblins, drag their dead and some of their wounded over to the sylphs, tossing them onto the carrion pile with business-like efficiency, despite their fellows feeble screeches and yowls. This is just the, the reality of war, is what we're seeing It from the she, from the fae. And he accurately describes it as nightmarish carnage. There's really no other way to describe that, but this is probably even though this is all the fantasy characters, the one thing I kept thinking was The smell. It probably adds to the nightmare. And I can only imagine. He mentioned something about the werewolves. How they're they're probably dealing with it worse. Because of their enhanced sense of smell. And. that, That ointment under their eyes. Won't help the smell. It's just for their vision. And so we hear more about the murky shades of green. Mists. And they head towards the water. He says, "We run forward and get to the river. Don't stop to slug it out with anyone. Don't stop until you're standing in the water, or I thought, until some fairy soldier rips your legs
1: off." And I ran forward into the proverbial fray. So Lissy's chapter was more
0: approaching the war from the outside, and certainly there, you know, there was some interaction with it. But they were trying to, you know, they met up with Mab and they got their direction here, but now we're in the thick of it and we're trying not to fight anything. We're trying to get as, you know, as quickly as we can through by, you know, over the river and through the woods to grandmother's stone table. (laughs) And just every
1: single part of this chapter is a new ridiculous battle. Mm -hmm. Um, The there's goblins fighting, She, I believe, because there's
0: somebody shooting arrows at them. But way cooler than any of that is there's these gigantic bumblebees,
1: the size of
0: park benches, uh, flying around, which is just such a cool and terrifying image because bees are like super cute. Mm. But, oh, bees. But most, like most cute things. You make them gigantic and they turn into absolutely terrifying.
2: I was just and having a conversation about this. Yeah. About the ant in
1: Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Exactly. Because I hate ants. But anyway, sorry, bumblebees. Giant well, bumblebees. bumblebees. It's, weird, it's such a weird,
2: such, weird thing to hate. It's a weird phobia, okay?
1: Ants and sand. <sighs> so what we do get to see, though, is we
0: talked about this when We got to watch Murphy, watch Harry do magic, which I really liked. And here we get to see Fix and Meryl and the werewolves get to see... We get to watch them see Harry kind of cut loose a little bit. He does a forzare, you know, to kind of make a wall of force to stop the bees. And then a couple get around, and so he Fuegos the shit out of their wings. (laughs) And like he told Billy, I probably would use fire. Mm -hmm. So he used fire here. The goblins cheer. And they're all sitting there, you know, slack-jawed. He's like, go, go, go. (laughs) Let's roll, people. Let's roll. I'll I'll show you more fire magic later. We got to hustle right now.
2: (laughs) But they're all just as impressed as him as they are with Mav.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a really great
2: point. Because Fix, he says even fewer words when he sees Harry do magic. Fix says, wow, and just stands there slack-jawed. I thought that yeah, was liked, really significant. I, I didn't make
0: that connection. Sorry. I didn't make that <laughs> connection at all. I really like that.
2: I do too. Because it tells you Harry's significance.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, we've been talking about that mm-hmm. for novels now where the only person who doesn't know how terrifyingly powerful Harry is, it's is Harry. Harry. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, that's a great catch.
2: I just, this I, I make love the big,
1: buck. <laughs>
2: the big buck, but I just loved that. Because even Meryl is staring at him with wide eyes. She had a, a, a veil of neutrality when she, w- when she met the fairy queen. But when Harry uses his fuego, which we're used to by now.
1: Yeah, for us, it's just like, oh, yeah, you okay. fuegos,
2: of course. He yeah, Fuego. But I just, I love that so much. So, yeah, that was my, my moment there. <laughs>
0: oh, that's, that's a great catch. I love it. Um, we see... Our group of treacherous, traitory, traitor, traitors. Mm-hmm. Technically speaking, I think is the technical term for it. <laughs> uh, they come up, and you know Harry tries to talk him out of it. Good, good, go get him. Titanium knows they're gonna—they're not gonna let you do it. It's like well, I mean, no one want—no one was gonna let me do it. I was gonna do it, bozo. Yeah. <laughs> but they cannot stop me. Cork with me. The rest of you, kill Harry Dresden. Kill them all. Um, and so we get to fight. Some mounted She-Warriors here, as well as Cork, uh, our gigantic centaur, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where, I mentioned it last week, that Fix with his toolbox is like, I, I, it doesn't work for me. I get it. He's a mechanic. He's a little guy with a big wrench, whatever. Um, Meryl getting out her axe and machete makes sense, because we're going into a war, and those are weapons of weapons.
1: Um, Fix is all bloody and he gets out a big old monkey wrench. <laughs> it just doesn't again, it doesn't really kind of like the, the opening of yours. It just doesn't feel like it
0: fits, you know what I mean? To, to me. Um, well, what do I know?
2: Well, I think and- he is he's from in my head how I picture him, how I think he's described. He's a little guy.
1: Mm-hmm. And he has the weight of a monkey wrench versus the weight of a sword
2: he doesn't have to have the force behind it it doesn't have to be accurate it doesn't have to be pretty it's just effective
0: Oh sure but then grab that out of the van
2: yeah walk up the the the, 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 because we haven't seen anything else pulled out of the um, toolbox the toolbox that's that's the other issue we haven't seen anything else pulled out of it if he pulled other things out of it, like how Jerry, ha- Harry, Jerry, Harry has his satchel or his the, the, uh, doctor's, doctor's bag, which he's often pulled different things out of. Yeah. But no, Fix I, I, only I, I, pulls out the it's, monkey it's, wrench,
0: which is confusing. kicking nits for sure. But he should have just grabbed the monkey wrench at the beginning. I don't think this adds to his character. And you're right. It's like Chekhov forgot about the... Uh,
2: toolbox yeah it's just I, the toolbox is just it's and it, i don't i don't quite need it how about that's a good word yeah
0: exactly it's just you know he could have just grabbed the monkey wrench for the beginning and then you're right i mean him having a big steel club to fight fairies makes a ton of sense yeah um it's just yeah i think that whole thing of just bring bringing the toolbox getting it out of the, it's just a weird progression um. Again, it, it doesn't matter. Just, I mean,
2: maybe at, at some point in the writing process, there was another intent for it, where he had something else in it, and something like that. I get. Yeah. But like, no.
0: When you mentioned that, that made me think that maybe that was the case too. Um, I only say this because I've read it seven times this week <laughs> between the novel and the audio book. Um, but uh, you know, that's the way these things jump out at me, and I I overdo it. But um, yeah. No, I like that thought. Maybe there used to be more to it, mm-hmm. but um. Either way, he's got a big steel club that makes tons of sense, Josh. And um, the werewolves are, are howling, and we're ready to, to get after this. He Even Fix gives out a battle cry, which I like, a little shriek. And the best line in these four chapters, or five chapters for
1: me at least, is Harry gives his own battle cry. <laughs> I don't believe in fairies. I love it.
2: And so this next chapter is they're, par- they're continuing the charge. Cavalry charges are all about momentum. You get a ton of furious horse and warrior going in one direction and flatten everything in your way. As the she cavalry came thundering toward us along the banks of the river, and as my heart pounded in my chest and my legs started shaking in fear, I knew that if I wanted to survive the next few seconds... I had to find a way to steal that momentum
1: and use it for myself. And Harry at this point realizes that
2: the she riders with their their warding gestures and bursts of power, the protective charms only are affecting the warrior, not the horses. So he decides, well, all right, So he raises a shield, but not a wall in front of me. Such a warding would have brought the fairy nobles into contact with it, and no one wizard could hold a spell against the wills of a score of fairy lords. I brought up the shield, only a couple of feet high, and stretched it in a ribbon
1: across the ground at the feet of Slate's mount. So the horses hit the wall, and they all go down. And... We talk a lot about Harry kind of being a bozo sometimes. Uh-huh.
2: But he really, I mean, it's mostly just. He's observant as all hell.
0: With women, I guess. Yeah. Um, no, it's like, we do talk about, I, I at least certainly say, use that word a lot. I like bozo's like, feels like a soft, like, criticism. <laughs> not, you know what I mean? Um, but uh, this is really clever. Oh, very. he can't use magic on the she- because maybe I can't on the horses. I, I feel like it's really a
2: clever angle. I like that. Yeah, watch. I love. I really, really do like that. Um, but it also shows Harry's skill with observation, and we see that time and again where Harry leads us to believe that oh, he's not very good. Oh, he's kind of shitty at this. But then he does shit like this, which is above and beyond observant and intelligent. And I love it. And so Talos is going after Harry, and Meryl steps between them. She is fighting the the Summer's Lord Marshal, and he is strong. And he asks, why do you do this, changeling child? You who have struggled against winter so long, it is useless. Stand aside, I wish no harm to thee. Like you wish no harm to Lily, Meryl shouted. How can you do that to her? It does not please me, child. But it is not for me to decide. She is my queen. She's not mine, Meryl snarled, and drove her forehead forward into Tallis's nose. And then
1: I love a good headbutt,
2: a real good headbutt. You know she's got to be got up. Oh, I just, I it's just such a good move. I love it
0: in general. Just
2: her rock solid head. But it's just like this that interaction where it's just it shows us M- Meryl's kind of the depth of her and she misses Slate coming up and stabbing her and his sword goes into her side i think they say something like a foot and she just drops harry says i felt the rage rising and climbed back to my feet gripping my staff in both hands slate reached down and dragged talos up from the ground and with one hand slate i shouted slate you murdering bastard Harry gathers his rage and reached down into the ground beneath me, found the fury of the storm within that matched my own. I thrust the end of my staff down into the misty cloud ground as if I'd been driving a hole through a frozen lake, then extended my my right hand towards the winter night. Ventas, I shouted. Ventas, Fulimo! The fury of the storm beneath us reared up through the wood of my staff electricity rising in a buzzing roar of light and energy coming up from the ground and spiraling around my staff and across my body. It whirled down my extended right arm, a serpent of blue-white lightning, hesitated for a second, and then lashed across the st- space between me and the tip of Lloyd Slate's sword, fastening onto the blade and bathing Slate in a writhing coruscation of azure sparks. So he got nailed pretty good. And the thunder tears apart the air and the shock wave of thunder knocked me down together with everyone else in the
1: immediate area, except for Talos. Again, the silence comes. Talos brings the silence and he lifts
2: his sword and comes right for Harry. And he says, and so it's so it ends. You're damn right. I muttered. Look down. He did. I'd drawn my 357 in my right hand while he'd knocked the staff out of my left. I braced my right elbow against the ground and pulled the trigger. The s- a second roar of thunder, sharper than the first, blossomed out from the end of the gun. I don't think the bullet penetrated the dark fairy mail, because it didn't tear through Talos like it should have. It hit him like a sledgehammer instead, driving him back and toppling him to the ground. He lay there for a moment, stunned.
1: It was cheap.
2: But I was in a freaking war, and I was more than a little angry. And the iron, his face is burning and blistering where the steel of the, of the gun, when he basically pistol whips him, I just think that it's the bullet doesn't hurt him, but the iron in the gun does. I just thought that's fantastic. And then Lloyd swings a shield, sorry, swings a half, broken at Harry. He falls back down, and Slate has the gun. And he shoots at Harry.
1: As shitty as Slate is, you gotta give him credit for keep
0: just his uh, tenaciousness. Yes. He's got a busted arm. He does keep coming. I mean, it's he realizes a, just he's but so a fucked. He's, I mean, he's so fucked if they lose. Oh, but yeah. Still, I mean, still, it's impressive to keep coming.
2: Yep. But Slate missed. And A ferocious, high-pitched shriek of fury made him whip his head to one side as a new attacker entered the fray. Fix brought his monkey wrench down in a two-handed swing that ended at Lloyd Lloyd Slate's wrist. And Fix proceeds to beat the fuck out of Lloyd Slate. You hurt her, he sc- Fix screamed. His next swing hit Slate in the side of his left kneecap and dropped the winter night to the ground. You hurt Merrill. And he just keeps beating him until he goes limp. And F- Fix comes over, came over to me and helped me up. As he did, Wolves surrounded us, all of them bloodied, all of them with teeth, bl- teeth bared. And Fix tries to help Merrill. And Meryl... In her great wisdom, let me go. It isn't all that bad. See to the wizard. If he goes down, none of us are going home. And then she lies to Fix, saying that most of the blood isn't hers. Because she doesn't want... She's still protecting him. And I think that's... I really
1: like that. Yeah,
2: I just love
0: Meryl throughout this entire sequence. It's just so good.
2: He developed her character so well. And in such a short time, Mm -hmm. too. It was really impressive. It was was so... And... She had worth. She had things she, that she feared. She had purpose. It was the whole gamut. It was just fantastic. But that again, we keep talking about his characters, his, how, he well, how well he writes characters, how well he develops them. And this is a perfect example. And Billy says, we're going to have to run for it, Harry. There's more fight coming to us. We can't run, Meryl said. Aurora has Lily. Talk later, here they come. And then Billy turns back into a wolf.
1: And the waters of the river begin to, to boil. And cavalry,
2: all dark blue, sea green, deep purples, rose up from under the waves. This is just such a visual right now. Like As I'm listening to the, when I was listening to the book, I could just see this. All those dark colors. The riders were more she-warriors, clad in warped-looking armor, decorated in stylized snowflakes. There were only a dozen of of them to the summer warrior's score, but they were mounted and attacking from behind. They cut into the ranks of the summer warriors, blades flickering, led by a warrior in mail of purest white, bearing a pale and cold-looking blade. The summer warriors turned to fight, But they'd been taken off guard and they knew it. This is just amazing. And then they talk about freezing a warrior, and the Pale Rider took the Pale Rider almost negligently nudged her horse into a solid kick. The ice shattered into pieces and fell to the ground in a jumbled pile. And we learn that the Pale Rider is Maeve, the Winter Lady. She almost idly licked blood from her sword as another summer warrior fell to one knee, his back against the water, sword raised desperately against the riders confronting him. The water surged again and pale, lovely arms reached out, wrapping around his throat from behind. I caught a glimpse of golden eyes and a green-toothed smile, and then the warrior's scream was cut off as he was dragged under the surface. Is that a... selkie? What is that supposed, a mermaid? I was trying to figure out what it was. Do you know?
1: Oh, I don't know. Okay. A Grindelow! Just
2: curious. Your godmother sends her greetings, Maeve called to me. I'd have acted sooner, but it would have been a fair fight, and I avoid them. (laughs) Again, another character moment just in a line that was so spectacular. And so uh, Maeve's warriors are attacking further down the river so that Harry and his band of merry wolves and changelings can go towards upstream. And she leans down and purrs. Hello, Lloyd. We should have a talk. And you know, he is fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Fixed, hefted his bloodied monkey wrench. I recovered my staff, but my blasting rod was nowhere to be seen. The black doctor bag lay nearby and I recovered it taking time to check its contents before closing again. All right, people, let's go. And they head upstream. A cloud of pixies goes through them and gets caught in the webs of spiders the size of footballs. We have fairy hounds running past on the heels of a panther. Arrows are whistling by and everywhere lay the fairy dead and dying. He's going through a war zone to get to the table. Lily, Meryl called through her, though her voice had gone thready. Fix whirled to look at her, his eyes alarmed, and Meryl dropped to one knee, her ugly, honest face twisting in pain. Get her fix. Save her and get her home. She looked around, focusing on me. You'll help him. You paid for it, I said. Stay here. Stay down. You've done enough. She shook her head and said one more thing. But she settled down on the ground, hand-pressed to her wounded side,
1: panting. And Aurora and her band of traitors is at the table. And she's trying desperately to stop everything. She's holding Mother Winter's
2: unraveling, and Harry uses the phantastrophedus wind, basically, and blows it out of her hand. I caught it, stuck my tongue out at Aurora, yelled, meep, meep, and ran like hell. Was it this book or was it the previous book where they talk about his Looney Tunes moments?
1: Well, that was this one when they were okay, at the was, Walmart.
2: Okay, that's what I thought. And so I was just like, back to the Looney Tunes. And damn thee, wizard. And she goes after him, uses a similar wind trick, and gets the... Uh, unraveling back. No more interruptions. Aurora spat, and a, a ferocious hedge with
1: uh, thorns as long as Harry's hand grows up around her. And there's hmm? right. there's some weird, very American.
0: There's a it's a thing that like Americans will use anything to avoid the metric system. Yes. Like, Hail the size of
2: a, wa- a washing machine or something. Yeah, I've seen that, and I love that.
0: Yeah, you know, like like uh, elephants that weigh as much as seven pool tables.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um,
0: you know, ha- hail the size of corn pops. Um, it's just like a meme on
1: yeah, at least I've seen on the it. internet. Yeah. I don't know if it
0: really is over there, um, but I do think it's funny. Yeah, but uh, he describes the length of a thorn based on his hand. Well, that's so what he's got spiders handy. Spiders based on footballs, mm-hmm. which are different shapes than spiders, and bumblebees the size of park benches. That is Those are really some funny. Weird,
1: fucking.
2: <laughs> that's spectacular. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even notice it.
0: There's just some strange ideas here. You do you, wizard. I'm on your side no matter what. But I just do think it's funny.
2: That is really entertaining. I love it.
0: I also wanted to touch on. You mentioned that the cavalry came and out of the uh, river
1: mm-hmm.
0: and for once it was for him, for him. Mm-hmm. Cause remember five or so chapters ago, he said, my life has been marked with a notable lack of cavalry. Yes, <laughs>
2: But I like that. He used that word. Yeah, <laughs> Very much a good
1: throwback. I love it.
2: But that's the thing. There's all of
1: these moments that they work so well. Um, so then but these callbacks are really like, brilliantly crafted Way more
0: prevalent and certainly you know, as the books get he gets better at his craft but mm-hmm. like these callbacks are very very good and very skillfully woven in and i
2: really do love it they're they're very good and he he does a great job at
1: his storytelling uh, the, the word i used a lot uh-huh. at on the conclusion of, of stormfront um
0: i believe it was inelegant I think mm-hmm. was one that was like it just he had a good idea. He just didn't do it very elegantly. He's gotten very fucking elegant yes. at this point. Yes, he, he truly he's has. Really mastering his craft. And I, again, I'm just a bozo who slams his head against the keyboard once a week. But I, I am so impressed by these little these little moments
2: mm-hmm. that you know connect throughout the stories. It's great. They really and he he does it very well. Uh, So Harry is is outside the thorns. He needs to figure out how to get in. And a rider comes. Hooves galloped up, striking the ground near me. And I looked up to see the warrior in green armor. The only rider of those original she cavalry to stay mounted. Standing over me, horse stamping, spear leveled at my head. Don't, I said, wait. But the rider ignored me lifted the spear, its tip
1: gleaming in silver light, and drove it down at my unprotected throat. Harumphing over here, just mm-hmm. so we're clear. <laughs> you, can't, you can't see it, but I'm harumphing.
2: Harumph! Mm-hmm. 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 Amen. <sighs> I know, yike.
0: I'm not going to read through this because it's Elaine.
2: <laughs> we don't like Elaine. Elaine. Fuck that! Uh, Fuck that bitch!
0: Do not yike!
2: I know she yike. No,
0: not nice. Mm-mm. Um, it, it's Elaine. You know, we obviously, she's the only one really that we haven't seen yet, so it's kind of had to be her in the green armor. But um, jerk face.
1: Mm-hmm. She
0: uh, Harry says I'd say I was glad to see you, but I'm not sure because you finally are figuring it out. For right. once in your life, you're dealing with a woman correctly. But um,
2: Making she, good tries, choices.
0: she tries to get him to leave, and, and she gives us a, kind of an expo dump on the thorns. It's a spell that she's seen before. They're poisonous, they're going to paralyze you. Um, two or three, just two or three pricks will, will, will kill him. And they also won't burn. So he says he's going to force them aside, kind of just like lift up the gate and go through. Mm-hmm. The problem is. If he's focusing all his will and his power to hold it open, once Aurora recognizes that he's there, he won't be able to also defend himself and fight back against her with her.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: he tries to get Elaine to hold him off. She begrudgingly agrees to it while also saying, you know, what if I betray you again? Bitch ass. I don't know why you would say something like that because. Seriously. She's you're already on thin ice here, lady. Like,
2: don't talk about the betrayals. Alyssa Um. and Joshi already don't like you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, obviously that's the important part, right? Uh.
1: (laughs) He says
0: he can trust her and, you know, he wants, he wants to hurt. He wants to be able to trust her with his life as she can trust him with hers. Again, they have a lot of history and, you know, I can't say I would be all that different, quite frankly, with my interactions with my, (laughs) I've made plenty of bad decisions. Um, You know, it's hard. Love dies hard. So I do understand where he's coming from on this one. It's just, she sucks.
2: (laughs) Yeah, like hardcore. She just, we don't, we we do not like her.
0: Absolutely not.
2: But in this case, he does in fact, she, rather,
0: she does in fact come Come through.
1: through.
0: Bonus points, I guess. Still in the negative, but you know, she's crawling her way up out of that hole. (laughs) And, um... Harry gets through the thorns and right as Aurora is has humanif- humanified that's a word now, humanified okay. when she has humanified Lily and she has a knife, Harry comes up and just blasts her in the back with his staff, which I love <laughs> wasn't all that gentlemanly but I slugged I love, the summer lady I in the back that. especially again showing growth for him because this is That's not something that the Harry of Stormfront would even consider. Not at all. I'm not obviously sitting here saying that violence against women is a good thing, but this is violence against a bad guy trying to destroy the world. You got to hit her, hit her right now so we can stop it. And she, she sends a gout of fire at Harry, which is just a fun turnabout. Mm -hmm. How the, how the turn tables and, uh, right. As he dodges one gout of fire, Talos does a really cool cinematic Tom Cruise action sequence leap over the, the thorns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his horse didn't make it, so he kills his horse to do a cool flip. Uh, you would think there'd be a better way, but mm-hmm. he's in a hurry also. So, you know, sacrifice. It's war. War is hell. Mm-hmm. Before he has an opportunity to even defend himself or try to defend himself against the Lord Marshal, meryl or something gigantic and scary tears open the thorns these poisonous paralytic spell uh thorn spell thorns and she just rips them apart
2: mm-hmm. there's a
0: gigantic troll with green hair did you say pond scum colored
2: <laughs> <laughs> i think that's what he called it before yeah and
0: i like he says that it looks like a plastic picnic knife now the giant machete she was holding and she is all pricked up by the thorns she is going to
1: die she's bleeding mm-hmm. all over but this is Meryl, the troll. She and she's only got eyes for Talos. And not and in the romantic way.
2: <laughs>
0: not, well, who knows how trolls get it on, but she <laughs> certainly... Not in a way that Talos wants, how's that? <laughs> she uh, fucks him up, which is great, and I love. But this distraction almost allows Aurora to do the snip-snip on Lily's neck. Mm-hmm. And I love this. Again, I mean, I, I went a couple weeks not referencing Harry Potter.
1: <laughs> but
0: this is such a great parallel to me with the last scene, you know, the, the, fi- the final uh, confrontation where, you know, well, I know something you, you don't know, Tom Riddle. And uh, Harry says the same thing, because I know something you don't. And he opens up his bag and instead of it being something serious and oh my God, I love powerful this. and, like, life-changing, she says, what could you possibly know? And he says, the phone number to Pizza Express. Get her to!
2: <laughs> I was walking through the Walmart parking lot when I, was, I had my headphones in and this came on. I was like, oh! Oh, did you just cheer?
1: I really <laughs> let's did. go!
2: Yeah, probably a little embarrassing, in but that's okay. In the name of
0: the pizza lord, let's fucking Go three words four syllables. Let's freaking go!
1: <laughs> so spectacular.
0: Za Lord's guard chops her up with their box knives from Walmart, and beyond like it being a lot of blades, steel
1: yeah, blades, yeah, beyond it
0: being a lot of blades, they are also cold iron alloyed into steel. But it is cold iron, and that alone would have been enough. But they also slice and dice, and there's a lot of them, and they're they're fast. And everyone underestimates them, the guard, except for one Harry Dresden. And I'm glad he doesn't, because Toot Toot is a badass, and I love, I love that he gets the finishing moment here. He wins the war, he -hmm. shuts it down, he saves the day, because Toot Toot, Major General
2: Toot Toot Minimus, is a badass. I love Toot Toot. I was literally, I audibly yayed. (laughs)
0: Uh. (laughs) and they have a you know kind of conversation as she's dying she 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 just wanted it to stop hurting and
1: he he says that uh the only people who never hurt are dead i don't understand i don't either a tear slid from her eye and mixed with blood then she died Mm It's pretty sad
2: but it's necessary and he says, I'd done it. I'd saved the girls, stopped the thief, proved Mab's innocence, and won her support for the White Council, thereby saving my own ass. Huzzah.
0: <laughs> I do like the huzzah, the huzzah with a period after With a it. period. It's that's so what it's, it's... incongruous. Yeah, I love it. That's why you said it that way, yeah. and I love that you said it that way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it's, it's just, again... Those little things are like the capitalizations, the punctuations, the way things are written on the page are just as good as the way the characters are developed. It's fantastic. We learn that Toot Toot's not going to be getting into any trouble. It is unusual for a mortal to be able to call any of the fairy, even the lowest, into service. But it has been done before. Fear not for your little warriors. They were your weapon, and the only one accountable for their actions will be you. Take their steel with you, and it will be enough. You're going to live up to your side of the bargain. Of course, the wizards will have safe passport. Not that bargain.
1: Ours. First, let me make you an offer. We have a traitor among us, and he will be dealt with accordingly. "'after
2: which there will be an opening for a new knight. "'I would have someone worthy of more trust as his successor. Accept that power and all debts between us are cancelled. "'Not just no. Hell no. "'Very well, then. "'I'm sure we can find some way to amuse ourselves with this one "'until time
1: enough has passed to offer again.'" And Slate is still alive. So uh, that's going to be fun. As he walks away, uh,
2: he hears Lloyd Slate's screams lingering. And Ebenezer picks him up off the ground and he wakes up back in his home in his bed. What happened, I asked when I could speak. Meryl died. She told me to tell you that she'd made her choice and didn't regret it. Then she just changed. We found her on the green ground near you and choice there is a capital C because it was, it was a big deal. It was her choice. She made her choice and she, she knew she, I think she knew she was going to die and she did this to save everybody. And, and she did between her and two, those are our two heroes here. Yeah, no, she definitely she sacrificed herself. Was
0: dying. She was dying, probably, but yeah, there, it definitely is a sacrifice, and in, in more ways than one. Right? Mm-hmm. She by tearing through the poison thorns, she sacrifice of herself mm-hmm. to be, become the troll. Like she had to give mm-hmm. up any semblance of who she was, and in a a universe where yeah. everything exists, there's also like afterlife, and well, and the thing too is
2: uh, okay. Sorry, you cut out, so I thought you were being quiet. <laughs> oh, no, no, I, I was not. I mean, I
0: just, I, I don't know what, you know, I don't, we don't know enough about what happens when creatures of fairy die or, or if they can die, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, did she die on the stone
1: table, though? No. No, yeah. Because so, she was laying next to Harry. Yeah, so I don't know if she can die. Now that's well, interesting. But why couldn't she? she's a creature of fairy. They're, but, all, but they're, they're all but immortal. All but
2: immortal. They can be killed. They don't die naturally, I think is what it is.
1: At least that's how I understood it. Yeah, interesting. That, that's something that I'm... I mean, I'll tell you right now, we haven't seen her over the last...
0: the, the future 15, 14 novels or whatever. From yeah. here. That's spoilery, I'm
1: sorry. Um, but I, I do wonder... I do wonder because they're all but immortal. I mean, certainly in this moment they're treating it as, and we're supposed to take it as
0: a sacrifice, and that's supposed to be her the end of her story. And I I love I love everything about that. I'm more thinking outside the box and more like down the road. Like, is there a universe where she could come back as a bring back Meryl? Are we starting a hashtag Bring Back Meryl? I think bring back, (laughs) but it's Meryl the Troll, so she's not the same person. She's not Meryl.
2: Well, but that was also that also was a sacrifice. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that
0: was the bigger. So not just for her life. Yeah, I think that was the bigger sacrifice than her life because she gave up herself, her being, which is way more important. I guess. Oh man, it goes back to the question that the mothers, the uh, mothers asked
1: Harry, "What's more important, your soul or your body?" Uh huh. That ab- gave- oh she gave both. She gave up both. My goodness, gracious. That's a con- I've never made that connection before. You interesting. Interesting. Hmm. I'm sure most of our readers
0: <laughs> listeners have, but certainly one or two of them
2: <laughs>
1: probably
0: didn't. And that's really interesting. I like that a lot cuz I she- do
2: too. I le- but again, it's those those Sowing the seeds. Mm-hmm.
0: God, this is. I, at the beginning, I said I didn't like it, and I, I didn't like the very beginning, and I don't really love this last chapter, and I'll tell you why after, mm-hmm. as we get through it. But I loved this. I loved this novel once we got really to the White Council meeting, mm-hmm. and it kind of like got more focused. I loved every second of this novel, and I. You're glad? Yeah. No. I'm. I'm. This was a, a really fun experience for me to go through it and see all these little Easter eggs and stuff, callbacks, and you're welcome.
1: <laughs> I appreciate it.
0: Like I said, this is just a book club with my sister, and anyone who wants to listen along is welcome. And I'm really excited that people do. But the whole point of this charade was to get my sister to read these books and uh, analyze them with me. <laughs> yep, and here we
2: are. Oh goodness, this is it, this is I really did enjoy this. Um, and that? so. So Harry's back at his house and Billy says, you know, the alphas are are all good. They're all alive. They're banged up 155 stitches altogether. But we all came out of it a lot. uh, We all came out of it more or less in one piece. Pizza party and gaming at my place tonight. So Harry takes a shower, gets dressed in clean clothes and then realizes. Yes, Billy, you cleaned up, did laundry, not me. And then somebody came to the door and it was the new summer lady and night. They're looking for trouble. Just come talk to them. The room is spotless, though. He, as he's walking to the door, he's seeing his apartment is spotless. Everything looks clean. Furniture, there were no stains. The rugs were clean. Underneath the rugs were clean. The, there was fresh wood. The floor was mopped and scoured. The, flower, the fireplace had been emptied. And like his staff and blasting rod are back as well, which I think is that was kind of cool. Guns polished, so all of the things he lost up in the clouds are back. Ice boxes filled, everything is his pantry is restocked. And he looks at Billy. And I'm uh, sorry, Billy's kind of like, Come on, visiting dignitaries. Uh, I went to the door and opened it warily, peeking around it, and there was fix. And Lily?
1: Lily's the new summer lady, and Fix is her summer night. And he says, are
2: are you okay? I'm not, she says, she frowned, I'm not sure. It's a lot to think about, and it's the first time this kind of power has fallen to a mortal. You mean you're not, uh, you haven't chosen? Lily asked. No, it's just me. I don't know what I'm going to do, but Titania says she'll teach me. And you chose Fix as your knight, huh? I trust him. Suits me. Fix, kicks, Fix kicked the winter knight's ass once already. Lily blinked and looked at Fix. The little guy flushed, and I swear to God, he dragged one foot over the ground. I wanted to meet you, and to thank you, Mr. Dresden. I owe you my life. You don't owe me anything. I'm apparently saving damsels on reflex now. Besides, I was just hired. Thank Marrow.
1: No. What do you mean now?
2: Right? That's what I was like, bro. Bro. But they come in and visit for a minute. Harry has fixed up his car and he learns that Lily had some brownies come clean up his place. So they come in and he says, we had a nice visit. They seemed like decent kids. And then Elaine shows up. Meh. Oh. Harumph. Harumph. Right? But she does say, when she says, can I give you some advice? He says, why not? Stop feeling sorry for yourself, Harry. You were living in a sewer, Harry. I understand there's something you're blaming yourself for. I'm just guessing at the details, but it's pretty clear you were driving yourself into the ground because of it. Get over it. You aren't gonna do her any good living as a mildew collection. Stop thinking about how bad you feel. Because if she cares about you, it would tear her up to see like see her, you like I saw you a few days ago. I mean, that's good advice. Oh, it's great advice. But still I still an ha- asshole. Hate, hate, hate,
1: mm-hmm.
2: hate,
0: hate, hate yep. that she thinks she's entitled. Yeah, to this conversation.
2: I, I think her bringing
0: up Susan and the engagement ring, like she has no business. Being here, I, like the fact that she's here, is like be, you know because they're old friends and like, mm-hmm.
2: the but fact she that... doesn't get that right.
0: I mean, to be fair, she's also had the same socialization issues as Harry, right? So I, well, I, I think not... we give him more grace than her at this point because we've been with him in his brain for a few novels.
2: But she also like just was a horrible person and was like not just this has nothing to do with socialization. Yeah, it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: This wasn't, like, you know, years ago, and we've got to you know, come to a place where we can forgive it. This was yesterday, and you're going to sit here and talk about Susan and the engagement ring? Like, I, I just... Fuck I, you, bitch. Yeah. I mean, it is really good advice, just so we're clear. And yeah, like, no, it totally is. Totally is. But I, I just... I, I get it. Her, my dislike
2: of her is coloring this. Oh, 100%. But... Yeah, no. But then he goes over to the Alpha, to Billy's apartment, and
1: has pizza and Coke and plays a game with them. And
2: Billy, sweet, sweet Billy. You know what disappoints me? Billy asked after a while. No, what? All of those fairies and duels and mad queens and so on. And no one quoted old Billy Shakespeare. Not even once. I stared at Billy and started to laugh. My own aches and bruises and cuts and wounds pained me, but it was an honest, stretchy pain, something that was healing. I got myself some dice and some paper and some pencils and settled down with friends to pretend to be Thorg the Barbarian, to eat, drink, and be merry. Lord, what fools these
1: mortals be. And I, I lo- fucking I love, that love that. That's such a great... Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It really, really is. Do you have in your quotes of the week? Is that why you skipped him? No. Oh. I uh, learned
0: a new word. when I mean, this was most of a decade ago. Um, I I, I do this every so often in this series in particular, but a lot of them where you just contextualize a word and you you know what it means, but you don't Uh know the definition. You know what I mean? Um, but where he says he wants big, bulging thews. He doesn't want to think too much. Um, I never heard that term for, like, Mm-mm. bulging muscles.
2: Um, I had no idea what that meant.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, it's very clear what it means by reading it, but I never heard oh, yeah from.
2: But I, I never heard Well, I wasn't sure if it was a reference to, like, the barbarian, or if it was a reference to his form, or what. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, no, I just assumed it was big muscle. I looked it up, and it was big oh, muscles. Okay. Muscular. I looked it up for this podcast. I di- didn't for you know, I, like I said, I've read this forever. Um, right. I just like le- learning is great. Wow. And uh, there's actually a, a Dresden tabletop RPG where some, actually some of the lore comes from. But oh, um, cool! And I think it's maybe it, I think it's canon, or maybe just they ask uh, Jim and he says what's canon and what's not. But um, I played I uh, tabletop. Can't imagine anyone wants to be in a room, locked in a room with just my brain for that, that amount of time, but
2: <laughs> put it on the list. I enjoy it. I used to, um, pre pandemic, we would go to a theater where my friend is a, um, production manager and we would play games on stage on stage after that. Yeah. We talked about
0: uh, me trying to sneak in, yeah. sneak in. um, come out and just, uh, then the whole, uh, everyone was dying of a terrible disease.
2: Yeah. That was problematic. Oh, that was lame. Wasn't it? <laughs> Let's
0: not die of terrible diseases, huh? I mean, that would be good. I vote for no more pandemics, but that's just me. I, same. Um, so I did mention it. this is way too neat for me. Okay. And you know how I said he he, saw, he answers questions? This is just a yes. Like, yep. Yep. Where it's like, Billy comes over. The summer lady comes over. Elaine comes over. He, yeah. he goes to see the alpha. You know, it's just like, so like perfectly wrapped up with a bow, um, I didn't love that. I don't hate it. It's not the
2: end of the world. Well, it's there's I, there's a trope for just people coming to the door where it's 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 very much a they do it in plays, or that's how your story moves along. Someone comes over,
1: okay? Yeah, like, and, and tropes exist of, because they work. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like there's yeah. a reason tropes exist. Yeah, no, definitely. So yeah, and I didn't hate it. I just did want to call it out because we've been fawning over his abilities and that was
0: just he i feel like he, he usually does a better job wrapping it up while making it interesting yeah teasing the future no,
2: i do love the lord of fools these mortals be that actually oh, that puck- is
0: that is great that that, that yeah that's
2: absolutely yeah perfect. well I love puck, actually the whole sorry that's from um a midsummer night's dream yeah no i know with titania is a character in it which is fantastic and it's puck who says it. it's about fairies Which is just, that's, I thought that was just so wonderful. I was just like, oh, this is fantastic. Is Mab not in that one? Uh, no. Mab is not in it. It is just the fairies. Mab is mentioned in Romeo and Juliet. And there's
1: another one she's mentioned in, but I do not recall which other one she's mentioned in. But yeah. I, uh, am a Shakespeare nerd. I mean, I have a theater degree, so that kind of (laughs) goes
2: hand in hand. You kind of have to be. Yeah.
0: Um. but Yeah. No. I. I. I did like that. Um. No. I love that whole scene at Billy's. is great. I love mm-hmm. that. Um. It just like I said. Just sees the like the way it's like that. 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 And like wraps up so perfectly. But um, yeah. Yeah. No, I. I love you. You know me. I love it. All his interactions with uh with Billy are just. Great. Yeah.
2: I really well. And the other thing I I actually um when I was listening to it for like the third or fourth time today um. He talks about how ni- what nice kids uh, Lily and Fix are. He is the big brother. He's got the Alphas under his wing. He's got Lily and Fix under his wing. He is trying to be what he didn't have when he was young. That's the oh, way absolutely. I see it. No, I love that for sure. And it really, and I- it really just, I love that so much.
0: And I love the, that line where he says... You know, Billy and the rest, I, I want to say that you handed yourselves up there a lot better than I expected or hoped, which is kind of a backhanded compliment, but yeah. it's a compliment. But I should have given you more credit. Thank you. Like, he's acknowledging Oh yeah. That he, he hasn't trusted them enough. Like, I, that's a really hard thing for Harry to do. Definitely. Both apologize and and trust. But, like, I, that is more than just that sentence right there. Like, that is him, you know, tr- giving the, a level of trust to the alphas. Like, they they aren't just kids kid vigilantes on the street. like They're, they're heavy hitters that like he ch- can trust with his life. Like, I thought that was a really Definitely.
2: cool... Definitely. But of, uh, he also... He gives credit where credit is due with Fix as well. hmm And so he, he is... These are kids. He refers to them as kids. They're the young people. But he still gives them credit where credit is due. He doesn't take credit for the things they do. I really... I just... I really like what's developing here
0: with that yeah no his like mentor
1: angle is great for sure
2: definitely and it's just i really
1: just like it a lot i truly do there's so much that it's just it's good shit
0: So, I mean, we have kind of done a lot of the, the talking as we go through it. Mm-hmm. but, um, again, I just want to reiterate that I said a couple times at the beginning, this this isn't my favorite, and it is definitely <laughs> of the ones we've read so far. This is certainly my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really liked it,
1: so um
2: yeah, it, I really did enjoy this book. I loved the nitty gritty aspects of it, the storytelling aspects of it. And it really, it, it I really, it's the, the, the character development is fantastic. The storytelling is fantastic. All of those cinematic, cinematic moments are fantastic.
1: I really just enjoyed it. Yeah. And I mentioned this early, early on that like,
0: he it was he was so early in his career with Stormfront that he was bound to improve. I knew he did because I love the series and like you know some of the later novels are like some of my favorite novels of the the world. Um, but I didn't realize how quickly he like really became great. You know the first couple are, are good and there's some really cool stuff like his pacing, and action scenes. We talked a lot about were really good. Um, most of the way he weaves in. Um, exposition was pretty good ge- pretty good mm-hmm. but this is like i don't want to say masterpiece because certainly there are there are issues but like it's, it's a really well crafted yeah it is a really well crafted novel it's the same thing with marsters is improving as he goes yes. really he's hitting his stride um i was hoping our podcast would improve at the same rate but we'll have to catch <laughs> up um but it really is impressive how quickly he's gone from oh this is a cool idea and i really like it And he's certainly got he's got this kid's got some talent you know yeah to jesus this is a, this dude's an amazing writer um mm-hmm. just i really love it and um like you said just really well crafted i like that mm-hmm. your, your word choices your diction is far better than mine <laughs> awesome um do you have any uh questions or you know uh, my big question was is she actually dead i know they said she was and they think she is but I'm actually curious about the laws of the universe. All but immortal doesn't sound like you can get poked by a thorn and die. I wouldn't call that all but immortal. You know what I mean? Like, that sounds yeah. pretty fragile. So but I, she had th-
2: also had a, a, a sword lodged in her side. You know, it was a combination of things.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, no, for sure. I, I'm, I'm just thinking that description for me doesn't sound like she, you know, something would have died from yeah. that. So, you know, obviously she did in the story. Like, as far as, like, this text, she's dead. I just yeah. wonder outside and moving forward. That's a good does, question. Though, that is a really good question. Yeah,
2: I mean, Could yeah. she turn up later? <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, I, I think that would be really cool. A, it would be a really cool surprise. Yeah. Uh, B, it'd be really interesting to see how sentient she was as a troll. Mm-hmm. because she clearly Well, she still executed her goal, right? Yeah. She saved Lily. She, you know, just, you know, she fought off the bad guys. She got through the thorns, So like she had some, I don't think that th- th- uh, trolls are like just mindless beasts. I know we, I know Grom wasn't actually a, um, ogre, but Harry did mention that they have some semblance, you know? Yeah. But I, I wonder how sentient she would be. And I mean, there's, there's
1: gotta be some fanfic out there. Um, we'll <laughs> dig into, um, Meryl and, uh, Fix. yeah i mean
2: it's it, there's just i really do i love the characters i do i truly truly do
0: yeah and i she was really really done well in
1: that last uh third act
2: yeah for sure
1: i her development meryl was just fantastic development truly truly mm-hmm Do you have any questions or concerns, comments? No, my only
2: question was what that thing that grabbed that summer night into the, or summer warrior into the river was. Everything else is pretty much, pretty well defined. We did not get a mister in the end there. What happened to mister while the brownies were cleaning the apartment? Oh my God, where'd mister go?
1: That just hit me, sorry. It just hit me like a ton of brakes. Like, oh my God, we have to check on the cat. Yes. magic. So I'm trying to find that uh, deal with the creature. hmm Where was it? It was
2: in the second to last chapter.
1: My chapter or yours? Mine, I think. Let That's me what see. I thought. My second to last chapter, sorry. So the one I'm looking through, so... The, uh, it's page 360. I don't, I don't have pages. The water surged again, and pale and lovely
2: arms reached out, wrapping from behind his throat. I caught a glimpse of golden eyes and a green-toothed smile, and then the warrior's scream was cut off as he was oh. dragged under the surface. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably Jenny Greenteeth. Oh. Oh. Oh, I didn't catch that either. Nice. Okay, okay, Jenny Greenteeth. I love it. Right, that's got to be. That's yeah, awesome. I think it, it has to be. That makes coming a lot out of, of water the kind of the same
0: way. This is certainly a lot less sexy. Yeah, depending on your. I like it.
2: I like it. That's we awesome. don't
0: kink shame at the podcast was on fire. <laughs> no, we do. You not. safe and communicate.
2: <laughs> that's awesome, though. I like that. Yeah. No.
0: Again, just another kind of connection
1: callback. That. Uh, yeah.
2: I really I like it. I love it. It's it's very interesting.
0: Very cool, uh, and I, the uh,
1: the the soul body thing with Meryl, I I, I really like. Um, mm-hmm. Just yeah,
0: I mean it is a. Harry's like it's a stupid question. <laughs> it was, yes. she needed. It was stupid for her. She needed to get rid of both uh, to save her friends and
2: uh, yeah, just and she did.
0: Really cool. Um, she character that uh, like i said yeah. i i hope there's some fan fiction or that uh, we maybe we see her again coming moving forward that'd be awesome deep 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 into the series but um yeah short of that um do we have anything in the Struts? Nice.
1: no i didn't i don't think so i can't think of any yeah, I mean it's a pretty straightforward description of Elaine when she comes mm-hmm. over. Yeah, I mean Lily's a shapely figure. That's, I mean, that's whatever. Nothing creepy or weird. And that's really like
0: when he his real problem was cute young girls like that would have been. Uh,
1: hmm. We may not have a yikes section by the end. Wow, that's Um, kind of cool, though. There definitely are some
0: that I I I can tell you some moving forward. Mm -hmm. But um, again, it just shows the maturity and the the growth as an author. Um, It doesn't change our perception of Harry. We still get that he's
1: this chivalrous kind of I don't want to say misogynist, but um, what's the term that he uses? I don't know.
0: He doesn't, he has to protect women and stuff. Uh,
1: I,
2: I have no idea. I don't remember.
0: I don't Whatever. But he, he, it doesn't change, like, it, it isn't changing his characterization. It's just uh-huh. less gross. <laughs>
2: yeah, it really is. Yeah, it so, truly is.
0: Yeah, so, I, again, just really, really impressed by how, not just that he improved, because obviously I knew that by reading some of the more recent novels, but like
1: mm-hmm.
0: quickly. It went from like, really, there was a lot of really problematic stuff early mm-hmm. on and great storytelling and some really good stuff also, but a lot of really problematic stuff. And that was, this novel was very hard to find
2: uh, stuff was, on the internet. I think that we, he was too busy writing a war. That's fair. There was a
0: lot going on, but, um, but yeah, no, credit where credit's due for sure.
2: Heck yeah. Um, all right.
0: Um, what you have
1: for your quotes of the week?
2: Oh, I have a couple of them. Some Parish. of them we already read.
1: Uh, as per Yush. Of course. But let's see. So this is... We started with... I, I already said, put the, teeth aw- put, put the teeth and cutlery away.
2: Uh, we really need good. to play a nice little while longer. I really liked the I Don't Believe in Fairies. But the... Uh, the gun roared and I waited for a light at the end of what I was pretty sure would be a downworld a downward sloping tunnel.
0: Oh, that was one of mine. I only have two this week too.
2: <laughs> the downward sloping tunnel I thought was great. Well, and then I when he was in his apartment, I died, I said. I died and someone made a clerical error and this is heaven. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like that his heaven his heaven version of heaven is It's just a
2: clean apartment.
0: His still his apartment, but just slightly yeah. slightly
1: nicer. Yeah. It's pretty spectacular who yeah. he is he he likes what he likes, yeah um, is that what you got? yeah So you stole my downward sloping tunnel but, uh, <laughs> i i
0: I do love really it's in the context, but also just the
1: me me that yes. uh,
0: I, I did terribly there, but. James Marsters does such a great roadrunner meep.
1: He on does. The,
0: on the audiobook, it is worth mentioning just for that. But also, the fact that he steals the thing from this like absurdly powerful fairy queen uh-huh. and then s- does a roadrunner noise and tries to skidaddle <laughs> and Close
1: immediately gets smacked down. <laughs> oh yeah. But it's it, it is pretty great. It's f- hilarious. Um Yeah, downward sloping tunnels, by the way. Also, I already mentioned it when you were reading it, but just the way that. Clearly, I really love the Harry Potter novels. Mm -hmm.
0: I I really dislike the Harry Potter author, but Jim Dale doing the audiobooks is like Uh so good. I think Stephen Fry
2: maybe do something. Yes, Stephen Fry did them in their. Yeah, the, the
0: British version of it is great too. But Jim Dale is like, the gold standard for me, at least, for an audiobook narrator.
1: Uh-huh. Um,
0: but this conversation, because I know something you don't, it, it is so hard for me to not hear him, you know, do the, because I know something you don't, Tom Riddle. I know a lot of important things, <laughs> but that scene, and just the complete opposite level of seriousness yeah i just find so hilarious and i I could it could just be me but no I, i
2: love it i love how he's just not he doesn't take anything serious all of the quips in the times of danger it's fantastic
0: he's face to face with a fairy queen about to basically end the human existence on this earth and uh he makes a little quip but it's the juxtaposition, uh, not juxtaposition, but the uh, kind of comparison to that Harry Potter line that really does it for me. But I know something you, you don't, what could pot you possibly know the number to pizza express. I love um, that. And something we didn't talk about real quick there about um, the generous is they're taking a huge risk themselves. Yeah. Not just as far as the physical risk,
1: but they're bringing iron To a fairy event. Like, yeah, the queens don't like that.
0: And, you know, obviously, Harry clarified that with Mab at the end. But Toot may or may not have been sure that that was going to be the case. Yeah. So it it adds another layer of bravery and heroism. Um,
2: Very true. Very, very true.
1: Do what Toot gets up to. Um, I, I just love to. I do too. <laughs> there's a uh, one of the TikTokers you you can't watch because
0: they're all super spoilery. Um, <laughs> although the one that is uh, just ships one gal ships uh, Harry and Marcone real hard. Just, <laughs> text uses text that like uses the text. Yeah. It's really really great. But um, there's a conversation
1: on, on one that, another one about um. I can find out the name because I really. Um, that Toot will eventually wield Amurakius. Oh, I like that. Um,
2: I mean, there's no. I know it won't. This no, I just
0: possible. mean like There isn't any like real textual evidence. No. That, just besides Toot's awesome. Toots, we, we love toot. <laughs> toot. Your point. But uh, I just love that. I it
2: was just funny whether it's I'm like, on this board little with guy that? with yes. a
0: gigantic sword or. Like, <laughs>
2: um i i fucking love that i think that's wonderful yeah
0: you know decades and decades down the road just a very funny idea um but yeah um do you have any
2: uh oh let we want to look at um i'm looking at the i was looking at the chapter now that's why i asked you earlier today what the name of the book was Mm -hmm. how deep do we read into it first i'm thinking it i'm not reading it i'm just looking at the cover
0: Oh, no. But remember, I also think you should read the first like the first page sentence or the first pa- couple okay. paragraphs. The
2: first page. I'll do the. It, f- it won't really
0: help you here. I don't think. But because uh,
2: uh, yeah. this is this is the thing. This is on Amazon. The Kindle. There's like uh, two paragraphs. Some things that aren't meant to go together. Oh, so, oh, Sorry. Some things just aren't meant to go together. Things like oil and water, orange juice and toothpaste, wizards and television. Spotlights glared into my eyes. The, the heat of them threatened to make me sweat streaks through the pancake makeup. Some hor- harried stagehand had slapped on me a few minutes before. Lights on top of cameras started winking on. The talk show theme song began to play, and the studio audience, audience began to shoot. Larry, Larry,
1: Larry, Larry,
0: Larry. Okay. That's not going to help you. No. But take a moment, R.I.P. Jerry Springer, who was yeah. the inspiration, clearly in my mind at least, for... Larry Fowler, who you're
2: going to meet here uh, <laughs> in a
1: Obviously. moment. Obviously,
2: um, but looking at the cover, so the cover is the our silhouette of who we now know, who we've learned is Harry. He's walking down a hall of some sort, or walking into a hall uh, in which there are multiple pillars. On the back, uh, what's it called? Back, one of the pillars in the back or on the wall. There's crossed swords. There's a large arch. It's almost like something like a new york city like in ghostbusters um the the building they go into where the slime river happens <laughs> so my guess i'm thinking it's going to have something to do with the white council and somebody's going to be dead i'm pretty smart I'm, you know <laughs> fair
0: Definitely enough there somebody's really isn't a whole dead. lot to go on with this one there are some of the other ones like i wish we had thought of this for uh like full moon you know that's very uh-huh. clear but um I'm really just excited for you to read live for the first time a couple of the first sentences. So yeah. we're going to keep, we're, we are going to keep doing this even if it doesn't uh, lead to anything else um, here. But do you have any uh, crackpot theories here as far as, you know, we, wh- where we're going on the fairy front, where we're going on anywhere else?
2: Um, I think that the gatekeeper is going to come into play more. I think that he's going to, he knows more about <laughs> Harry's powers than Harry knows because the listening thing, and um yeah that
0: shared power for that sure. shared
2: power that they have i and he seems less than mortal um but he is on the council so that's kind of like a who knows um but because of the whole thing with how they responded to harry's powers i think that there he's there's more than meets the eye and i think that um it's not super crackpotty but i think that harry's more powerful than uh that he's along those lines like the gatekeeper and the gatekeeper sounds very old and
1: an old desert fox.
2: Exactly. And the yeah. fact that, the fact that Mab knew him,
0: that Mab had, again, we, we saw this earlier when they called her, um, Ella, they called Elaine Ella, um, at the, uh, summer jungle, the hotel jungle, right? Like mm-hmm. having being close enough to have a nickname
1: from Mab oh.
0: is yeah. interesting.
1: Very interesting for sure. I dig, I dig. Um, I also have a crackpot theory. Okay. It has nothing to do with the Dresden files. <laughs> um,
0: we are one day away on this end. When you listen, it'll already have happened, but one day away from the final episode of Ted Lasso. I'm not going to spoil or anything because I don't know what happens, but, um, I think they're not going to win the title. There you go. There's my crackpot theory. I just wanted to get that out in the universe. Um, Ted go home. Beard's going to stay. That's what I, that's, there's my real crackpot. Um, none of this means anything to people who don't watch it, but I just wanted to get that on record. Oh, there was a line in this last week, which I had to tell you, where uh, someone's like, oh, that's just like Les Miz." He's like, just like Les Miz." I went to prison for stealing a loaf of meth. <laughs> it's just such a great line.
2: Um, that is pretty spectacular. But
0: uh, beyond that, um, yeah, I'm I've already know what happens in death mask. So I'm not going to give a crap. the theory. <laughs> but I am excited. Um, like I said, we meet uh, some new feature creatures. We meet some new allies and um, we also meet a very special character that I am really excited for you in particular to meet oh, Ralph. with uh, shared, some shared experiences. I'll tell you what, we'll, I'm going to leave you with that. Uh, okay. Live- ooh, ooh. Ooh. The people know what I'm talking about.
1: They know what butters my bread. (laughs) Short of that, I guess we close this whole thing out. Yeah. So
2: long farewell on this book.
0: I'm in the door shut on summer night. I was impressed. Um, Again, I mean, it's going to be true for every any book you read where you really get deeper into it. You're going to see more stuff. But uh, I'm I'm really loving this process. And um, yeah, thanks for agreeing to do this and thank you guys for coming along i'm really excited um beyond that i have uh this may be a tricky week to get this out on time so you may be listening to this on a tuesday um i have national championship qualifiers starting (laughs) wednesday and goes all the way through sunday so i am going to be slammed on that front so i'll do my darndest to get this thing edited out but um no promises, unfortunately, that it'll get out on time. I'm going to say something on the TikToks as well. But um, yeah, I, I appreciate you guys understanding that I have to do a real job that gets paid until we grow this to millions of people. And um, Spotify just gives us the uh, Joe Rogan contract, which well, it'll be two of us, so it won't be as quite as lucrative, but... Um, <laughs> We'll get there. One of these days. No, I, I uh, really appreciate you guys, and I am excited to dig into Death Masks. hmm We are going to go one through six. All righty. I do think, I think we meet my favorite or one of my top two, two or three favorite characters coming up here. So.
1: All right. Um,
0: really exciting times. And uh, beyond that, guys, hit us up on uh, uh, the best thing you can possibly do is give us a rating on Spotify or Apple pod or Google pod or wherever it is that you decide, wherever it is you do your pod pod. Um, just give us a, a like or a follow or a rating or, you know, whatever it is you do what you do, but uh, <laughs> any sort of engagement, it would be really cool. It helps push us out there. And when people search they don't have to write the whole 17 word thing out. Maybe they can write two or three words and seven words, but, just delighted that this thing's still kicking that Lissy, yes. hasn't, Lissy hasn't stabbed me in the eyeball yet <laughs> for making her do this and that uh, we are chugging right along so like I said I got a busy weekend so hopefully I can get this thing you're listening to this on Sunday I really do hope so and beyond that I'm just delighted with the universe I have been Josh and I am Alyssa with the podcast was on fire
2: and it wasn't my
1: fault Oh, and um, totally unrelated. Uh, I learned
2: the um, word for when you can't remember a word or a name. It's lethologica. Lethologica. We're lethological. Oh, good.
1: Another another one to forget. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. Because that happens to me all the time. And I was like, hmm. But yeah. 198 from Australia. Mind boggling. We're awesome. Wait, it's pretty rad. Chicago is still our number one city. I love that.